Welcome to Brand Lover, honest, real, and lively conversations for flourishing entrepreneurs and budding business owners on a mission to cultivate a heartfelt brand that connects with their purpose-driven mission. My hope is that you walk away feeling inspired and refreshed with a weekly takeaway in your back pocket that you can apply to your life or business. So I have a very special treat for you today. Um, I'd love to introduce you to a beautiful lady, a mama of two boys, and I think a very inspiring business coach whom I have had the pleasure of knowing virtually um, for quite a number of years now, sort of just floating around each other's Instagram and, and that sort of thing. I think I may have even attended some webinars in the early days, but um, yeah, I just, I just find this woman a powerhouse and I really want to introduce her to you and share her incredible wisdom. So introducing Claire Wood to the Brand Lover podcast. Um, thank you so much for sharing this time with me today. I truly appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Rachel. It's so interesting. We started off this, our chat saying, it feels like we know each other because we've yeah. followed each other on Instagram for so long. So it's lovely to finally connect with you yeah. and to be here on the podcast. Oh, likewise. It's, it's a funny thing, isn't it? This, this digital world that we live in where we have so many like business cheerleaders who come in and, you know, like support each other and we've never actually either spoken or had a conversation or men <laughs> but I actually <laughs> do feel like um we have like it's so funny to think that we haven't so um yeah so just tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words and um your, you know I'd love to hear about your business journey and and also you know how you help people in your business because I know that that's a huge driver for you like you're very um heart-led which is you know very um in line with the Brand Lover podcast. Yeah, so um, like you said earlier, I'm Claire Wood. I'm a mum to two young boys and I've been in business at the time of recording for about coming up to six years. And um, I actually, I'm a trained accountant. I'm a CPA is my background. And when I first got started in business, I was very much you know, helping people with their numbers and really in strategy and the practical side of um, supporting businesses to grow. And I came to realize that actually people's mindset plays just as important, if not a bigger role in creating success in business. So I've, you know, I, I spend um, a lot of time now supporting my clients to break through mindset blocks and beliefs that hold them back from stepping into the next level while keeping them really grounded in the practical side of numbers, financial management, and um, yeah, really helping people to achieve some incredible thing clients of mine have you know hit um a hundred thousand dollar months from wow. you know fifteen twenty thousand dollar months when we first started working together so it's been um really incredible to support so many business owners over the years and um yeah and I'm really really passionate about helping people build profitable businesses and particularly doing it in a way that allows them to have an amazing life as well so yeah. making sure that they are enjoying their business, enjoying their life um, while they're growing their business. Yes, absolutely. I 100% um, agree with that because, you know, I just see so many women who uh, sort of get stuck and I think that I have probably made the mistake before like finding myself in a spot where it's more like 
I can't spend time with you, like speaking to my kids, like I can't spend time with you right now because I've, I must do this for the business or, you know, like, and it got to a point, um, you know, even though I kept telling myself, I'm doing this for my family, I'm doing this for my lifestyle, you know, I got to the point and it was like a big slap in the face where one of the kids turned around and said something like, oh, you're always working, even though, you know, I only, I only realistically work about 20 hours a week. And I'm like, what? No, I'm not. Like, and I got, and but you know, the whole defensive thing happened. And then I was like, well, if that's their perception, um, then I got to change some things. And um, thankfully, like, I think it's a journey. Do you agree? Like, it's a constant. Oh, 100%. Really, yeah, like, it's not a balance. It's sort of like figuring out how it all integrates. Yeah, 100%. And it's, I think that's often we think that, you know, success, whether it's from a financial perspective or work-life balance or whatever it might be, is a destination. But, yeah. you know, I know for me, I'm constantly having to reevaluate and check in. And actually, at the moment, I'm at a point where I'm having to make some really big decisions and changes because I'm definitely feeling that that the things have got a little bit out of alignment for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing that I like to be really transparent about is that it's not this, you know, it's not like you get somewhere and then you're there, like things will change, yeah. things will evolve and, and you need to keep growing, changing, evolving and, and reevaluating things. So yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that too. And it's just going, okay, cool. If I'm not happy with this particular area of my business or my life, what do I need to do to start taking steps to change it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the key is to never stay stagnant, you know, like we're always yeah. moving forward. Um, and yeah, you're right. Success isn't the destination. Like there's like, yes, we have a vision to work towards, but um, yeah, I think it's, it's all just such a, I don't know, it's such a personal development journey, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so I've sort of like I have witnessed because I've sort of came across you in your early years. Like I really have seen you sort of reposition your brand, um, you know, towards that money mindset thing. And um, you know that I'm always cheering you on from the sidelines and everything you do. But um, how have you sort of confidently stepped into the money mindset space? Like you know, you are an accountant. You do the numbers. Like you're you kind of like that. You know, supporting. That's how you started, and then you realised that there was like I love that you realised that about your clients, and it was a gap that you saw that you could fill and sort of support them through even further and sort of I guess. Um, uh, deepen the experience for them and add value, I guess. So how have you done that? Like, was that always the plan or is that something that you just sort of, you know, evolved into and how did you sort of start integrating that into, you know, your services and your products and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, I guess similar to what we were talking about in other areas of business, you, you're the way that you serve your clients can evolve over time. I've yeah. definitely always been very money focused. It's always been, that sounds bad, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like my brand has always been very much about supporting business owners to make more money in their business. Yeah. Uh, but I guess as I've been growing on my own personal journey, um, I've learned that there's other techniques that I, you know, have used myself personally and used on clients of mine. And so I wanted to incorporate that into the way that I support business owners. Yeah. And so it felt, and, you know, I, I see this a lot with businesses and brands is that as you change, as you grow, there'll be other 
you know, ways that you want to serve your audience. And I think that's the thing is it's like, how are you um, refreshing yourself? How are you staying really relevant to the people Mm -hmm. that you want to serve um, without confusing your audience? And this is the other thing that I would say, um, unfortunately, when I see brands evolve in an unsuccessful way, it's because they are continually being completely different. Whereas um, I feel that it was a really natural evolution to be incorporating money mindset into, into talking about money. So look, I think that you'll get urges when you are running your business, you'll have times where you feel really called to refresh yourself, move in a different direction. And I think you really need to follow those nudges and um, yeah. And then just keep showing up authentically as you. And um, I think that when you come from a place of service and when you come from a place of um, really wanting to help people, then your audience will be growing with you and the right people will be resonating with the message that you're sharing. That's so spot on. I love that so much. Like I'm a huge believer in following the nudges. Like I like to call it like God wink or, you know, following the breadcrumbs and that sort of thing. Like Oh, my entire business is intuition led. Um, and so, uh, and I love that because, um, you know, it's something that's so important and I, I really think is key is sort of really knowing who your perfect customer is, like in the form of, you know, a client avatar or, you know, customer persona, all those things. <clears throat> but then like, just keep not just doing that as an exercise, but truly, you know, getting to know those people and reading between the lines and identifying what they really need from you and sort of you know like adding value to your services in that way and that sort of helps to I guess keep like I guess add a deeper level of meaning to your brand as well um so yeah I I totally agree with all of that um but I guess sort of as you've done that like because you've very clearly done that exact thing what I just said um like it's sort of like yes you can do that especially with your existing clients but it's also needs to be communicated in your messaging you know like you always need to be fine-tuning what you're communicating and how and you know because it's not like yes it's important to um like retain clients but we also need to be attracting new clients and, you know, ideally those, the, the new ones are going to be like even more in line, <laughs> do you know what I mean, with what you're now offering. So sort of how have you sort of done that? Like how have you kept in touch with your messaging and, um, you know, I guess stayed across the, the perception of your brand and, and really, you know, I guess been intentional about the reputation that you're wanting to build? Yeah, I I think that I've just always been authentically me and authentically talking about the challenges that my audience is having and sharing the wins of my um, clients. Mm. And I think that's the thing is that I'm not pretending to be anything. I'm not going, oh, this is a, a new message that I need to talk about now. It's It's very, very natural for me to be sharing and talking to my audience in this way. And I found there has been an evolution in the clients that I serve over the years as well. Um, I definitely have positioned my brand that I serve 
business owners who, you know, are sort of making six multi six figures Mm. in the business. And a big way that I think I've been able to do that is because I'm talking about the people that I'm serving and the transformations that they're having and how I'm helping, supporting them to have their own breakthroughs. And so what's happening is that more of those kind of clients are being attracted to me and my brand. And um, I guess that's the thing that I would say to to anyone, if you, if you are wanting to, to change, don't fake it. Like just talk about things that are authentic and um, you will attract those right kind of people when you are sharing the wins and um, yeah. And the successes that people have had through working with you. Yeah, absolutely. So sharing stories and examples and rather than getting up there and saying like, I do this for this and I, you know, like that sort of thing, um, like actually just, yeah, intertwining that into your conversations. And I think you do that so beautifully, especially on Instagram. Um, so yeah, that makes total sense. And um, let's, okay, seeing though we're, you know, on this sort of train of money and numbers and all that sort of stuff. Um, I would like to explore with you how um, pricing can be used as a brand positioning strategy, Um, especially because, you know, like it's not just set your prices and forget and walk away and that's that. You know, we've all got money baggage. I know I do. Um, And stories that we tell ourselves and, you know, I just, yeah, I'd love to just explore, explore that whole idea and, you know, how, how that works, like how, how, how it, I guess there's two parts to this question. So how pricing can be used as brand positioning and then sort of like the journey that it takes to confidently get to that place where you are, you know, charging your value and all those, all those sort of, I guess, generic cliches. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, um, I mean, I guess like talking about how pricing affects your brand positioning in itself is a really um, big conversation, um, (laughs) but let me, let me dive a little bit into what my perception of, of brand positioning and pricing are. And then um, I can explain about how, you know, you can evolve your, your business and pricing if that feels appropriate for you. So people do form a perception about um, value based on pricing. And let me share an example. Um, If I was going to get a new brand and someone said, yes, for $500, I do your brand colors, your logo, um, and create you a suite of of new um, assets, I would instantly be turned off that brand. Mm -hmm. Because for where I'm at in my business, that would indicate to me that they're not a very good product and yeah. no offense if you, that's how much you are charging for branding, but you know, where I am in my business, oh, I, <laughs> um, I, I, I was saying to the listeners, I, I know there, there are, are a lot of people out there and they need some education. So I'm glad that you said that. Yes, I agree. Um, you know, and, and again, there, there is always, there's a place for everyone in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there are people that, are going to charge really low prices. I obviously want to encourage people to charge their worth and mm-hmm. make sure that they are um, earning what they deserve to be earning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there definitely is a, a perception. And I know it, it's the same in across many industries. And, you know, people challenge me all the time saying, no one would ever pay this. 
And, you know, I I, I didn't take, but I was in a a large organization that went through a Mm -hmm. rebrand, a large corporate, and they spent over $200,000 on their new brand. Yeah. And that's something that I do remind people is that there are people that will pay. I think I heard that the Australian government paid um, like a million or $2 million for their new um logo that then ended up looking like coronavirus and then had to scratch it anywhere um oh the australia made all the time yeah yeah so you know there are there are definitely people that pay um a whole spectrum of prices and just about defining where you want to sit in the market Mm -hmm. there are definitely people that do what i do that charge a lot more money than I charge, um, but equally, um, you know, there are a lot of people that charge a lot less. And I know my clients, I know who I serve, I know who my ideal client is really, really well. And um, and I'm priced at a price point that's appropriate for that audience. So this is the thing that I guess I encourage people to say is first of all, like think about who do you want to be? Like, what do you want your brand to represent? Who are you serving? And then what's their capacity to afford what it is that you're offering? Mm-hmm. And there is a real, you know, as much as I'm all for put your price up in it, there is a real break point for mm-hmm. pricing for a lot of people. I mean, um, uh, you know, there are some people who are like, I literally don't have, I would love to work with you, but I don't have that money. Yeah, I think <laughs> so it's don't real, have the cash. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it is sort of being very mindful. What are people perceiving when they see my prices? I know some people will see my prices um, and think that's absolutely absurd. There's no way on earth I pay that. And then I've had other clients of mine who are like, oh, your prices are very reasonable. Yeah. And I'm like, isn't it so interesting how different people can perceive the same price in different ways? So that's the first part of that question, which is like, well, what does, what does your brand represent? It's really going, well, who do you want to serve? Yeah. And, um, and then being really mindful about what your price says to that audience about you. Mm-hmm. Um, then if you are wanting to evolve where you want to be from where you are, it's not just, you know, like I said, one of the things I teach people is how to confidently increase their price. And people are like, I could just put my prices up on mine. I'm like, well, I haven't yet. Yeah, because it's not that si- it's not that simple. That's the no. reality. No, um, there's so much. Firstly, strategy that goes into it, and secondly, psychology, because what will happen when you put your prices up is that people say to you, oh, "It's too expensive." And I see this a lot where people go, "Oh my gosh, I've overbaked it. Um, I need to pull them back down again." And maybe you do. But a lot of the work that I do is in that space of like the mindset side. So mm. hang on, this is why we've chosen that. This is, you know, how it's the, the right price point for your audience. Let's stand true to that. Yeah. Um, and that for me is, and, and also as you are wanting to, you know, potentially increase your prices, you need to in a very strategic way. Like if you just suddenly overnight double your prices, a lot of people might be your, your existing audience might be like, well, where's that come from? Yeah. Um, it might not speak to them. So it really does need to be done in a mindful, considered way, bearing in mind who it is that you're wanting to serve. Yes. And that's so interesting, like, because it, it, there's so many things that it depends on, um, you know, like, and, and what it is exactly that you're, that you are pricing, you know, like if it's a product or if it's a service or, and, you know, like looking at deliverables and all that sort of thing, but coming back to the whole, like those, that initial imposter syndrome 
of you know like when I don't know if, if a coach encourages you to put a price up or if you know in your heart that what you're charging isn't isn't quite right and you feel like the value that you're delivering is you know deserves a higher price point but it's as soon as you start thinking about it it's just like those voices no one will ever pay that you know like those awful like blah. um and the thing I think like that you really need to remember is like if you like it because maybe you wouldn't pay that but that doesn't mean that your ideal client wouldn't pay that do you know what I mean like maybe and in your world like maybe um because you already have this knowledge and know-how like you don't value it as much as somebody else who is seeking that like that's what they really need right now and you're sort of there going oh that just takes me five minutes whereas if they were going to do it themselves especially from a design perspective <laughs> um yeah and i was oh so interesting i was watching this thing the other day about um oh i don't know this is just something interesting i think that's really relevant to what we're speaking about is um like time especially in service-based businesses, like traditionally, it's like coming from the design perspective, traditionally we would be charging by the hour. And it's only very recently that, um, that my industry is moving towards more value-based pricing. And so I guess, you know, um, there was, I was watching a video, I can't remember what the actual wording was, but it was like a role play between a client um, and a service provider and the client was like the, the service provider was saying it's $18,000 and the client was saying, um, yeah, but what, like how many hours is it going to take you to do that? I want to know what I'm paying for, for my hours. And it was so good because the service provider was saying, yeah, but you know, you might go down the road and pay the same amount for someone to spend, you know, like 50 hours developing something that you don't even like, whereas I have the experience and the know-how and the skill to knock something up in 20 minutes that you love, like which one are you going to pay the $18,000 for? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's such a good exercise. Um, and, yeah, it's just such a such a big topic, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, I, I guess um, oh, now I think you've sort of, I have all these notes and you've pretty much answered all of my questions just in that incredible spiel. If somebody is going to, like, if they're feeling the niggles and, you know, they feel like, you know, because it happens, like, I feel like in a brand evolution, we go along, so we start, right, and we go along our journey and we lean into what our customers are saying and we start delivering the service. And then all of a sudden, like, our our branding and our messaging isn't, like, aligned with where we are where we are and needs to sort of start reflecting that including pricing because pricing is part of brand positioning as we've spoken about so how would you recommend somebody goes about it like what are the steps yeah well um, it, it's interesting timing actually because i'm going through a rebrand at the moment yes, so i know i'm excited to see it all i'm really excited to be um, on this journey so I definitely was feeling that my I'd outgrown my brand and like yeah. you said you kind of you just know like I I would look I was embarrassed to direct people to my website yeah. I knew that there was a lack of consistency and it wasn't reflecting where I am now yeah. which is why I decided to go on the journey so the first thing is that you find experts so I have um, been working with someone who's a, a brand strategist mm -hmm. and um, having 
really big conversations mm-hmm. um, and tough conversations too about who I am, what I want to represent, yeah. um, what I'm currently reflecting. And we then went and created a, a brand voice was my first stage in the process, was really getting super clear about, you know, my my strategy, my positioning, um, how I want to be talking to my audience. Then started the brand process, like the actual um, recreating the, the brand mm-hmm. and, um, and then Are you speaking the visual that brand I'm, or like that? Yeah. Talking oh, the, the yeah. visual, um, you know, the logos and the, um, assets and colors and things like that. Yeah. And then the current stage that I'm in at the moment is really, um, really start to tie it all together through the, the web development and the copy. Mm-hmm. And starting to get super clear about my offering, my positioning, and um, I'm revisiting everything, like yeah. pricing products. And I think that when you are doing a, a rebrand, it can be a really great time to actually check in and say, how does my pricing align to this audience that I want to serve? Mm-hmm. How does my product offering serve the people that I want to serve? So I know for me, I'm doing a full like, everything is yeah. changing um but sometimes it doesn't need to be that dramatic yeah. sometimes <laughs> it can just be a, a refresh of the visual look and feel other times it's literally like um getting back to basics but for me I guess every step of the journey I have paid people and paid them mm. a lot of money because mm-hmm. I want to work with the best yeah. um and got expert opinion and I've I've also been really blessed that the people who have been on this journey with me have all been clients of mine so they know me they know what I'm about they know how I work Um, and I think that's been really interesting having that insight of people who are really familiar and intimate with me and my brand because they can um, yeah really give an outsider's perspective on how to be transforming that's beautiful. I love that. I love this whole supportive communities that we create. We're sort of, mm. you know, like it's just, and there's no, uh, you know, like, oh, I just love that there's no pompous, like you're just, you know, because, you know, from a client student perspective, like some people will be like, oh, I can't work with somebody who I'm teaching or that sort of thing. But the fact that you have done that and supported those ladies lights my heart up. That's so beautiful. And it's so true. Like, you know, sometimes I think a lot of people sometimes think they just need a brand refresh, but really coming, like, especially when you've been in business this many years, like it's, it's really good to go back to the very beginning and go through everything with a fine tooth comb so that everything is in alignment, like including your pricing. Like, and I love that you're doing that. And sometimes I feel like what people think and what they end up going on when it's a branding journey are two completely like separate things. <laughs> it just opens mm-hmm. up, like it just like, it just opens up so many different things and thought processes and, you know, like working with someone especially who knows those right questions to ask is super important. Um, so, so yeah, congratulations. This is exciting. Didn't expect to get here in the conversation, but I'm like really excited for you. Um, okay. So, all right. So let's, in wrapping up, because I feel like there's just so much that we've been able to speak about and I'm super grateful um, to have been able to talk through all of these things with you. 
what's your best tip when it comes to strengthening your money mindset muscle? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would say it's probably awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that actually being mindful, and if you follow me um, on Instagram, if you don't, you should go and give me a follow, um, at Claire underscore Wood yeah. underscore coach. But I share little examples um, constantly about what a money block or what money mindset is telling you. So um, you might think I've got no money issues. I confidently charge my worth and I've never met anyone who doesn't have some sort of money blocks or money issues. It's just that, and you know, even as you grow, they just evolve. So an example of one that's um, popped up recently for me, um, I was saying to my coach that I said, oh, it's, it's very much, not my thing to buy like designer handbags. And I said, all my peers seem to be buying these Louis Vuitton bags. I was like, that's so not my thing. And she was like, oh, okay. And um, she's like, why? And I said, oh, because it's so materialistic. And as soon as I said it, I was like, whoa, yeah, there's a judgment. Yeah. There's a judgment of others. And there's a judgment perhaps of myself, like, am I like, why do I think it's okay for them to have nice bags and not for me? Yeah. And, um, you know, as you sort of, as, as you're growing, I constantly am reassessing and, and evaluating and going, wow, I wonder where that came from. Um, I know that someone I follow, her name's Manifestation Babe, and she just had this massive launch, made millions and millions of dollars, um, on one of her launches. And um, I was chatting to a few of my business girlfriends and I said, oh, there would have been a whole bunch of issues that came with that customer service issues team. And again, as soon as I said it, I went, wow, I equate success or, you know, that level of success with a whole bunch more problems. And um, I'm just constantly reminding myself, like, this isn't a truth. This is a perception. This is a story that you got. And this is something that I would say to people when they're starting their money mindset journey is I'm like, just start observing, Mm. start observing your judgment, start observing your judgments of yourself, start observing your judgments of other people, start observing when, you know, someone says, put your price up, like what comes up for you? Oh, I don't, that's not for me. That's for people that like to rip people off. Ooh, okay. There's a story. So the first step for me is always identifying. It's really like the awareness that's a story. That's a story. And that's something I think I'm getting really good at doing is when I say something, when I perceive something, when I think something, I'm straight checking in. Is that mm-hmm. a truth mm-hmm. or is that a perception? Is that a money story? And yeah. if it is a story, then I've got my framework that I know of how I can rewrite and reprogram it. Yes. And I think even just me following you on Instagram, I have become more aware because of your examples that you share. Like you share so genuinely and so authentically. Like you don't share from a position of um, not authority, but like you know, I don't like um, like I'm I'm better than you because I got it more figured out type thing. It's more like you're on this journey and you've discovered these tools, and you're sort of so good at sharing in a way that. Um, I don't know you just like you sort of you're so relatable and I love that about you and um, 
I guess I just when you were talking I, I just last week my friend one of my business friends were telling me about her friend who just had this incredible launch and you know how she'd done all this work to sort of like change her perception of herself and how her business has exploded and like she'd just I don't know done like a I don't know $70,000 live launch for her course or something and immediately I thought and I think I said it out loud I said I couldn't I would just wouldn't want to I just couldn't do that much work to be able to to have that kind of success and I was like that means you know like in like when you're sort of analyzing that it's like that means that I still equate hard work to monetary success like even though like even though you can tell yourself no I'm not like that whatever like I know that I can oh it's just like oh yeah I've been thinking about that all week so um yeah anyway I think you're right in that we all have our own our own baggage um all right so we've already my expression was what's next for Clearwood we've already discussed that you're all over it um so where can we find you you mentioned Instagram you're big on Instagram where else can we find you and take a little stalk of of your website and keep refreshing until we get that brand new brand <laughs> which I'll be doing. yes so my my um my name is actually spelled C-L-A-R-E. There's no I in there. So I think it's always important to highlight that. But Wood yeah. is just normal. Wood is W-O-O-D. But you can come and find me at either clairewood.com or um, the Clairewood podcast is my podcast. And mm-hmm. um, I release episodes every Tuesday and it's full of you know, money mindset, goodness, money, goodness, practical money stuff. It's all about the money over there. So, um, and if you do come and connect with me on Instagram, make sure you drop me a DM and say, hi, um, I'd love to connect. Awesome. Thanks so much, Claire. If you loved listening to this week's episode, pretty, pretty, please click subscribe so that you don't miss any future podcasts. Also, if you have just a minute, please feel free to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. I'd so appreciate it and it will help spread this message further. Thanks for being here. I'll catch you next week.